Hey everybody, we are so glad that you have joined us today in person and online. And I want to begin by talking about real quick what's coming up next week. Next weekend, we're starting a brand new series called Nobody's Perfect. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a series about sin and sinners and sinning. Yeah. You, it, it, it's okay. Yeah, it, we're at church. We can, we can talk about that kind of stuff. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to invite all your sinner friends and you like bring them all. You can make a whole row of them and tell them, hey, it's okay. You can wear a mask and nobody will know who you really are. That's by design. The whole thing, the whole, the whole mask thing is just for this series. You know that. You know. Anyway, we're so excited about this series. I got a hunch. I got a hunch. It's going to be a series that applies to me and you. More than we are comfortable admitting. So today we're wrapping up our Detours series, and it's going to be a little bit different than normal, as you will see in just a few moments, so hang with me. When you're on a detour, and you're driving down a road, and your car or your truck, and you get through the thing, and you get to your destination, and you get home, or you get back, or wherever, and you hear someone, a family member, or a friend, or somebody at work, that they're getting ready to get on the road and head in the same direction of that detour, what do you often say? Don't go that way. Don't go that way. Go around, go around, go somewhere else. Uh, just don't. Just avoid that part of town altogether. Why? Because we know we don't want them to go through the detour. We want them to avoid it, right? Because we care about other people. It's just a normal, nice thing to do. I guess if you're wanting to mess with somebody, you could say, hey, see ya. See ya. Have fun. <laughs> no, no, we don't do that. It's just a normal, natural thing to do, to say, hey, listen, to, you might want to avoid that. I've been down that road recently, and it, you'll be there a while. Do you know the same is meant to happen with life's detours as well? Yeah, the very same is meant to happen with life's detours. What you need to know is that there is a second dimension to everything that happens to you. There is another level to everything that happens to you. And here's the second dimension. Here's the other level. That it's not just about you. Everything that happens to you is not just about you. Everything that happens to you is about you because it's you. But there's also this second dimension, this whole other level of how it affects and impacts and influences those around you. Everything that happens to you in life is something that's going to affect other people and can have an effect on others, both positively and negatively. And that's the kind of idea that's going to drive us here in the next few minutes. And actually, God has told us this very clearly in his word over and over and over again. Old Testament, New Testament, we see these kinds of things, how our lives are connected and how our lives touch each other. There's this specific passage in the New Testament where this is so clear. When Paul is writing to a group of um, followers of Jesus in the city of Corinth, and Paul is writing from his own personal experience because he's been through so much at this point, and this is what he tells them. He says that God, he comforts us in all of our troubles. You could actually substitute the word detour there for trouble if you want to, to help you understand that. That God comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others when they are troubled, when they go through detours, when they go through pain or whatever we will be able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. The same comfort. In other words, you're going to run into people in your life 
who've gone through the same kinds of things that you have gone through. The stuff that you didn't think you were going to survive. The stuff that you thought would take you out. The stuff that you're like, this doesn't make any sense and I don't get it and I don't know why and God, what's going on? Now you're on the other side of it and it's in your rearview mirror and you're going on in life and you look back and go, whew, I'm so glad I'm done with that. I don't want to think about that anymore except one day you notice, wait a second, they're going through. Girl, I know, I know what she's going through. Dude, I know, I know what you're going through. I've been there. I, I know what that experience is like. And see, now you see that this second dimension, this whole new level of your detours is coming to life and how it affects other people. That's by God's design. God comforts us. This is so important. Not so that we are just comfortable. He comforts us so that we will comfort and help others. Now watch this. Even when we are weighed down with troubles... In other words, when it's happening to me, Paul says, I've learned that when I'm in the midst of all kinds of mess, when I am weighed down in my life, and some of you feel weighed down right now, when I am weighed down, said it's actually for your comfort and salvation. Get this. There's a hint of this to where when you're going through something difficult in your life, baked into the process, baked right into the ingredients of that detour and everything else, the purpose and the meaning of this is bigger than you. I mean, while you're going through it, God is actually preparing you to help someone else down the road that's going to go through it. It's so easy for me to think what happens to me is just about me. And it's so easy for us to think that what happens to us is just about us. But the purpose is bigger because there's a bigger picture. And so what this teaches us and what I want to challenge us with is to make your detour matter. What has happened to you, where you've been, what you've survived, what you've gone through. Make your detour matter beyond just your own life. Beyond just the here and the now of what happened to you. Yes, your detour is about your life, but it's not just for your life. It is about you. I get it. I'm not trying to take anything away from what you've gone through and what you've survived and what you've experienced. It is about you in terms of it is for your growth and your maturity and your development. And boy, you've learned all kinds of life lessons. And so now you're here and you're past it and you look back and go, man, I'm so glad. So it was about you, but it's never just for you. It never is supposed to just end with you. There is a bigger picture. Our lives are connected, intrinsically connected with other people. And we know this. And we say things like, no man is an island. We know. We know that our lives are connected to other people. We have all kinds of different ways of describing this. But God's intention is for you to take your detour and invest it into the lives of others. Take what you've gone through and your experiences coupled with your skills and your abilities and what you're good at and what you care about and what you're passionate about and pour that into other people by God's design. Because see, God never wastes an experience in your life. Even the experiences that you go, oh, that was, that was a waste. Oh, that was a waste. No, no, no. It may have felt like a waste. You may not know the point yet. You may not have discovered what God was up to yet, but God never, ever, ever wastes an experience in your life, and he doesn't want you to waste it either. And the way we keep from wasting these experiences is we invest it into the lives of others. We make our detours 
matter. If you look back on your detours, you look back on your pain and your experiences, do you know that, that personal ministry, for followers of Jesus, personal ministry, the resume for personal ministry is built on a detour. I mean, it, it's great that you have skills and abilities and God has given you certain gifts and, that, and that's awesome. But I tell you where the story is really made and where the, the testimony, if you will, is established. That's on the detour and what you've gone through and what you've experienced and what you've made it through and what God has brought you through. Now, you and I must be responsible. Paul said it like this. Paul said, listen, we've been comforted, but not just so that we're comfortable. We've been comforted so that we can comfort others. We've been helped so that we can help somebody else, that it should never, ever end with me. It should never, ever end with you. If it ends with us, if your detour, just think about this, if your detour ends with you, then it's pretty much just a bad experience. Like, what was that? Don't let it end with you. Invest it into the lives of others. One of the greatest joys you'll ever experience is seeing how God uses you in the lives of other people. You say, well, I don't think God can use me. Oh, you could not be more wrong. He absolutely can. God has invested and entrusted into you certain detours that he's wanting you to understand. He's helped you through it, and he's helping you get through it so that like Paul said, you can turn around and help other people who are going to go through it, and you see it. You see it. You're around people all the time. You're like, I know what that feels like. Man, I remember that, that stage of parenting. Ooh, oh, yeah, I've, my kid's done that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've been to the doctor and gotten that kind of report, too. Oh, yeah, 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 my husband, my wife. Oh, yeah, and you fill in the blank. You know, you know. Why is it that we know? Do you think we were all just meant to isolate ourselves and kind of keep to ourselves? No, we know better than that. So make your detour matter. Maybe you're sitting there going, well, I want to, I want to, but the problem is I'm still in my detour. I, I, I'm still in my situation right now. I'm not through it. I'm not past it. And one day when I get past it, one day when I get over it, one day when I get beyond it, then I'm sure I'll reach back and, and I'll, I'll, help, I'll help others that are coming along the same way. Here's the deal. Don't wait. Don't wait until you're through it to reach out to someone else who's going through it as well. You help each other. You journey together. It helps both of you. Chances are, if you wait, if you wait and hit the pause button and say, I'll wait until I figured it out. I'll wait until I'm way past this and it's behind me. The chances are you won't do it. You'll just, you'll just hit the next gear and keep going. So now's the time when the pain is fresh and the story is real. Even if you're in the middle of it right now, find that, something, find that other person. Notice that other person and you can say, listen, I'm going through the same thing. Yeah, 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 my kids are the same age. Yeah, 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 me and my husband are having that same kind of conversation right now. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too, me too. And journey together. See, when you challenge people to make their detour matter, that's often what they say is, I'm still in mine. But that doesn't, shouldn't stop you. The other thing I'm hearing a lot, I'm hearing a lot lately, and I don't know why. I don't know why. I hear this a lot. After the pandemic, I don't know, got a hunch, right? After the pandemic. Now, listen, I, I, I know... This is, there's a lot of very serious things about the pandemic. I get it, and, and I don't want to make light of any of that. But I think we may have taken this one a little too far, right? Like after the pandemic, I'll mow my grass. 
After the pandemic, we'll get out of debt. Right? After the pandemic, we'll do this. After the pandemic, after, well, you know, after the pandemic, after things settle down, when things settle down, when things settle down, right? It's just, a, it's like the classic excuse for everything, right? And we, and, and now, now here's the deal. I'm not making light of anybody's pain and, and struggle and all of that. I'm just saying, if you go, yes, I want to make my detour matter. Yes, I want to pour into the lives of others. And I will one day, I will one day, but I got We got to get beyond this pandemic, right? We got, no, no, no. Here's what I want want to share with you something that you may not know, that you need to know. If you're a follower of Jesus, you need to know this. If you call yourself a Christian, you need to know this. And even if you're not a Christian, you need to know this about Christians, okay? Christianity exploded in growth in the early days for one primary reason. I mean, like, after the resurrection, that was the big one. (laughs) He's back from the dead. Woo, boy, that'll, that'll light a fire. Okay, so... Other than that, in the middle of the second century, there was a a worldwide event that took place that propelled Christianity to growth, that set it up to eventually in the third century, it, Christianity was like, that was the thing with Constantine and Constantinople and all of that, if you remember the history. But in AD 165, something happened. In the middle of the second century, there was a pandemic. A pandemic that hit the Roman Empire. And it lasted for 15 years. And one-third of the Roman Empire is estimated to have died. It is estimated that that was almost 7 million people died in this pandemic. Scientists, historians look back and say, probably it was smallpox, what we now know as smallpox. And back then, they didn't understand germs, and obviously they didn't have medicine like we do today. They didn't understand how germs spread and how germs work, because that kind of medical science wasn't around yet. We know that. So they just saw, they just knew what they saw, and what they saw is what they understood the best that they could, and they they looked around, and they, they saw where people lived close together in villages and cities and towns. People were getting sick, and they were dying like crazy. And so what people did is they left the villages and towns and and cities, they got out. They, they moved to the countryside to get away from other people, not realizing they actually were taking germs with them. They didn't understand that. So people fled. They fled the hot zones of where people were so sick and dying and struggling. Guess who moved in? When everybody left the villages and towns, guess who moved in to take care of the sick and the dying and to care for the dead? Christians. Christians. That's our heritage. That was, they became known for that. They were like, this makes no sense. These people, these people are moving into town. Don't they know? Don't they see? Yes, they knew. And yes, they saw. But these Christians, I guess they're moving. It's just the wildest thing. And they say they're doing this. They do this because they love. You remember that guy about 100, 120 years ago? They came back from the dead. Remember that guy? Remember that guy? Jesus. Yeah, 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 that guy. They do it because they say they follow him. And, and, and there's stuff that he taught, like love as you have been loved. Sacrifice and give to each other. Do for others as you would have them do to you. All that stuff that he taught. Yeah. So the Christians moved in and they cared for the sick and the dying even at risk to their own lives. 
Imagine how history might have been different if the Christians then would have said, after the pandemic. I'm so glad they didn't. Here's why you need to know that. That's our heritage. This thing we love, this thing we give our lives to, this following Jesus, that's in our heritage, built in the DNA, baked into the foundation of all of this is how we respond even to things like a pandemic. And we walk into the messes and we walk to the hot zones and we, and, and we give ourselves, because that's, that's what Christians do. It's what we've always done. And God has brought you through so many detours and invested certain experiences into your life and a story and a testimony into you that he never intended to be just about you and never intended for you to keep to yourself. But look for opportunities, even in the messy opportunities, like things like a pandemic, to invest that into the lives of others. In other words, look for ways to make your detour matter. And think of those who invested into you. Think of those who poured into you. Think of those who helped you get through your detour. And now turn around and do that for other people. And maybe no one did. And maybe you, you went through it by yourself. And maybe you're thinking, I had to pull myself up by my own bootstraps and I barely got here. Well, then do for others what somebody should have done for you. And let's make our detours matter. And I want to give you a specific way to do that here as a part of the Summit Church. But let me pray for you first that God would help us with this. Our Father, thank you. Thank you for our heritage. Thank you for brothers and sisters that we have never met, that are part of the family of God, that one day in eternity future, in heaven future, when all things are made new and we are all gathered as one big family of God together, we will meet them and we will get to know them and hear their stories. But thank you that they laid a foundation for Christianity by running into the mess, by running into the hot zones, and loving people and helping people. Father, thank you for getting us through detours, getting us through the mess, getting us through the pain. And now may we take these experiences and invest them into others in the messy situations of life. And for those that are still going through present tense, they're still in their detours, may they reach out to others they're journeying with them and journey together to health, to growth, to change. May we remember how our lives are intricately connected. And may we pour into each other and invest our lives into one another. By your design, that's what we're created for. In Jesus' name, amen.